Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. You are listening to Let's Talk Try, the official Let's Go Try podcast. Swung on, lines the deep left field. It is gone! This is Let's Talk Triad, the official Let's Go Triad podcast, episode 137. I am your host, Matt Lyons, and on this week's episode, we'll talk about Yasir Puig marching to the beat of his own drum, Francisco Lindor is apparently not the best shortstop in baseball, Charlie Friendly had a crazy contract idea back in the 70s, and of course, we'll take your questions. Joining me for all that and more is none other than Mr. Merritt Rolfing. Merritt, how are you doing? I'm great, and you? I'm doing good. I, try, I tried this new... Uh, you remember White Claw in the summer, right? That was a whole thing. Yeah, sure. There ain't Everybody no laws. We knew White Claws, baby. Yeah. What's... Well, there's a Smirnoff version. It's just straight ass. It's just like. They're all bad, it's apparently. Like flat, sparkly water. I don't know how White Claw got it so good, but everybody else is so bad at it. I don't, I've never tried the Bud one, but. My girlfriend, or my uh, girlfriend, Jesus Christ, I'm married. Uh, my brother's girlfriend. <laughs> what are you? Hold on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, my brother's girlfriend drinks Trulies a lot, and I don't like any of them. So I just. Am confused. I did Is have that another like knockoff one. Uh, no, nah, it's another brand. I don't know. I did have tequila the other night that didn't make my head bleed, which is a first. <laughs> Seems every That's time I drink tequila, for whatever reason, I'm hit with a chair. It's very strange. This time, not hit with a chair. So positives. <laughs> it's it's slowly moving up. I don't know. There's also the uh, what is that stuff called? It's just like spiked coffee, basically. But that's really good. Oh, oh Irish coffee or it, so. no, no, it's um. It's Paps, but they have, um, what do they call it? Hard coffee, that's what they call it. I didn't even know that existed. But there's like zero alcohol flavor in it. It's just iced coffee, basically. Mm-hmm. You're not going to hit the chair. But but anyway, I'm here to talk about baseball, which is apparently going on somewhere. Because as you know, Merit, the second the Super Bowl ends, baseball starts. Baseball or not, season, fuck does. the NBA. You know. <laughs> yeah, right? There's not a whole lot of sport <laughs> playing right now or anything. But, two, in fact. But, uh, it's... <laughs> oh, yeah, two, hockey, too. Two major league happens. sports are currently happening. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't know why everybody yeah i don't know I, I kind of posted a thing on twitter that was like everybody getting ready for their tweets and then i did one anyway because it, it happens every year it's been getting bigger every single year that people tweet out it's baseball season now despite the fact that well i just told you why game. matt i sang a song about it right. it's a song called That's baseball true. season and in parentheses fuck the nba it's a whole thing That's the entire song just on loop for well, three minutes there's more <laughs> than that you know months. it's it's like a fallout boy song and that it has lots of parentheses in the title so you know it just has <laughs> there's like, ooh, somewhere in between yeah, there's like ooh, ooh, ooh. no that crap you know yeah <laughs> well in the, you know. the the limited baseball news landscape we have going um it, it's always good news for the indians especially around this time of the year apparently yasiel puig <laughs> he rubs some people the wrong way apparently uh tony mazur who's a a radio broadcaster in Akron. He was apparently he was uh, an Indians luncheon. It was Jim Rosenhaus and Bob <laughs> DiBiasio. What? 
<laughs> at a luncheon. What an asshole. Go on. <laughs> um, but what was it? So somebody asked if the Indians will re-sign Yasiel Puig. And how do you, how do you pronounce his name? We were just talking about pronouncing the name for the podcast. Is it Dibyasso? Yasiel. Yasiel Puig. No, not Yasiel Puig. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but the Indians PR guy who's apparently not very good at PR. But um, him and Rose Rosenhaus both said that, that Puig beats to a different drum, which rubs Tito the wrong way. And quote, there's a reason no team has signed him yet, which Jesus, I don't know. I don't know if that was meant to get out. I don't know if <laughs> yeah, right? we have no way to know if Missouri made it up or whatever, but that is quite the thing to say. Because first of all, to say that, I don't know, that's not good. And also the implication that the Indians, there's a potential upgrade out there and they won't get him because he quote unquote has blah, beats to a different drum and it rubs Tito the wrong way. Like if, if the Indians can upgrade in the outfield, mm-hmm. you deal with it, Tito. Mm-hmm. That's why you're Childish there. bullshit your is thing, what this is. is you're yeah. good. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're supposed to be a good clubhouse guy. It's your biggest yeah. thing. Deal with it and sign the guy. Now, apparently, if his clubhouse method is simply bringing only people I agree with, because everyone loves a yes man, Matt. Everyone. But apparently, if it's a talented person who also makes you not happy all the time, you can't have that around. I mean, never has Terry Francona had some sort of mercurial, let's say, outfielder in his clubhouse ever that caused lots of trouble. And then he still won, let's say, two World Series with him. Just to pick a number and also a style of player. Now, I'm not comparing uh, the real Yasiel Puig to this theoretical Mercurial. He's a left fielder who wore number 24, theoretically. But, yeah, what the hell? What kind of a thing is this to say? Like, it's just, it's it's confusing because of the timing. Because also free agency is still happening. And both Puig and Brock Holt are still on the market. Now, I mean, confusing is a word. Infuriating is another one to use. Yes. I mean, confusing is a very confusing word to use yes. about this. Yes, confusing, con- that's a good one. Yeah, like yeah. I'm, con- I, I, I'm angrily confused or mad. <laughs> I'm mad and I don't know why. <laughs> no, it doesn't make any sense um, because it's, I, I, I don't know. I, I can understand that. It's the same thing we've heard about Yasiel Puig since he came in the league, I guess, but. I can't imagine How he even it really be like that's what I'm saying. Like I can't imagine he's even he even approaches the most hard headed like idiot knucklehead in a major league clubhouse right now. And he's talented. I mean, he's not as I don't think he's quite as talented as his reputation suggests. Like if you look at his numbers from 2019, I think he was just right around a league average hitter. But who cares, man? The Indians need those too. They don't just need stars and scrubs. We, we've seen that flame out too many times. What a what a stupid thing to let get out. I don't know. I don't even know who to be I mean, mad at ab- here. He's above average too, which is more than they need. They they have a bunch of average. They need slightly above average. But they have too much below is. average is the other problem. Or platoon guys. I, I think too. the other the other potential route here is that it's not actually anything about Puig and uh, Tito. It's just Debasio Debasio. I gotta figure out how to pronounce his name. Um, is just basically covering for the fact the Indians don't want to sign him. They don't want to spend money because it sounds like everybody in the organization has admitted they're set despite the fact they said they would spend Corey Kluber's money, but um, they're, they're apparently set with what they have. And this is a sort of a spin job to say like, Oh, it's cause he's, he's too wild. He doesn't want to deal with Matt, that. Let me tell you something. I don't, I don't and doesn't want to spend money. I don't know a lot about PR. I've been near it, I guess, but isn't the whole <laughs> this point, is not good PR. isn't the whole point of spin to direct attention away from, I don't know, management. Like, <laughs> Like it's well, not, to these guys, Tito is not management. He's below management. These guys are the management up higher. I, I, I so get he's that. But to the person below him, like you, you should deflect it to a different direction. Deflect it onto the person, not like onto Puig. It's Puig's fault. It's not. That is, that is what he's saying. He's saying that he's he's too rambunctious or whatever. That's that's not saying. saying that. It's 
he the statement that he rubs Tito the wrong way is, oh, this is Tito's problem that he doesn't like being around this type of person. These people, right, like, yeah, Puig isn't going to specifically is really bad. Puig isn't going to become a different person. He is who he is and has been for I don't know. He's been in the league like eight years now or something like that. So what the hell? What the hell, Matt? Yeah, Why is this cheap ass piece of shit team anyway? <laughs> and I, I figure like this is this is what we got right. There was there was Tribefest over the weekend and multiple times it was basically said like. This is the team they're going in with. They feel good about it for whatever weird reason. They seem like they <laughs> want to get the line of the shields more playing time, which is depressing. They have been taking a lot of ketamine. Uh, I think is what it is. A forest fire. <laughs> That's how you get through a tribe fest. Is a lot of drugs. That's how you, you work your way through it very slowly, and yeah. then you're good. <laughs> so, um, it, continuing the trend of disrespecting everything about the Indians, uh, Francisco Lindor was not the top shortstop according to MLB Network. The their uh, top now series or right now series. With a shredder, which we talked about in the last podcast or the one before, where it's basically like the last two weeks they go, the last two years they go through the stats and evaluate who's the best. And Trevor Story was number one, Francisco Lindor was two, Javier Baez was three, which is seems insane to me. I know Trevor Story had that really hot start as a rookie, and then I guess he was good this year, but I didn't think he was like I think he was the that best good. shortstop in baseball. Good, yeah, exactly. He was I really did. good this year. I mean, he was yeah, he was but, yeah, he had a great year. It's just, I mean, obviously you discount it because he played in. Colorado a little bit, even though that's kind of been muted a little bit, but still that field is so big. Like, it 30... doesn't he have like massive splits away from? I don't like. You can say for a lot of people, it's not a real thing if they're good away, but he was not good away from Coors Field. Let me review. Uh, yeah, there's a 300 <laughs> point difference in between their uh, his home and away splits, so there's something yeah. to be said there. <laughs> uh, he hit 13 more home runs at home than he did on the road. Same number of doubles though, which is interesting actually because it's supposed to be a big doubles park, so. I don't know what's going on there, but it's strange. I mean, hey, you play where you play, and if you're absolutely dominating at home, you can win 60 games at home, and then you you know go 500 on the road, and you're a 100-win team. I just thought Lindor was better than this the last two years. You know? I mean, we're talking about a combined what, 11 wins above replacement, 12 exactly wins above replacement, according to uh, baseball reference, compared to Francisco Lindor, Francisco Lindor. I guess it all really depends on how much the Shredder weights last year versus the year before. Because in 2018, Francisco Lindor was undoubtedly the best shortstop, one of the best players in all of baseball. And then last year, he was he was still really good, but he started off injured, and then he was just an above average hitter. So I guess it just depends on how much it weights it. But still, it must. I mean, that it must be that's what it is because he did miss some time, and yeah, he was less than five wins above replacement this past year. I mean, for the last two years, he had more than Story, but it must be a weighting thing. Yeah. Lindor did have that interesting issue where garbage. he was walking not nearly as much this year as he did in 2018. Um, it's weird yeah, to refer, how to refer to 2019 at this point. Is it still it's, it's still this year to me? I don't know. It's strange. But, <laughs> last season, yeah, this past season, last season, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So he wasn't as good as he had like been, a, but yeah, yeah. At least like Brian Kenny and the other humans, they all basically had Lindor as number one. Uh, Marcus Simeon was up there for some of them. I think Brian Kenny had Xander Bogarts too, which is kind of crazy considering he is terrible on defense and maybe not the best offensive shortstop. Yeah, but it seems I mean, like he's tailed off a little bit for. I guess a name like Xander, you gotta you gotta value that though, right? Come <laughs> and on, Bogarts. That is a that's a really yeah. Good come on, player. first I mean, of all, you get he to, isn't terrible on defense, but you get to enter the Xander zone, and then also Bogart kind of sounds like Bogart, as in the the thing from the the Harry Potter universe. So there you go. <laughs> Uh, and then the other position they did since our last time talking was starting pitchers with Mike Clevenger was nine, which is fair, I think. No, uh, definitely. Luckily, I, yeah. I did I write that article or did I just imagine writing where he was? He's been one of the best pitchers, the the best Indians pitcher for the last two years combined. I mean, just in terms of 
I think we just talked about it. I don't think it was an article. I probably, probably right. I haven't been running very much. So that <laughs> yeah, we talked about it. Oh. <laughs> but I'm glad that Corey Kluber wasn't up there inexplicably. That would have made me mad again because I would have reminded again that he's not on the team anymore. <laughs> yeah, I think it's not upsetting. too long that Clevenger is going to be up there in like the upper half, and then Shane Bieber is going to be joining him on the list. I'm and surprised Bieber was on there. Thing again. Yeah, well, it's the two years exactly. thing. Again. Shane right. Bieber, he was a rookie, and then well, and uh, next if year, you. If you read the article, or, or maybe it was a Mike Petriel tweet, one of the no, two. But no, read the articles. Man. But uh, <laughs> who clicks on things anymore? But uh, he was it just missed. Uh, it was Bieber, which tells us once again That's it fair. must be they must wait the most more recent year more than the second one, the one the one prior. If they didn't, he wouldn't even be close. That's weird. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, he was really, really good. I. I it's hard to say who was. I mean. In individual moments, Clevenger was definitely better. But I mean, we're talking about a difference of what eighty innings, almost something like that. So that's just it's a that's a tough road to hoe, as they say, uh, in terms of who who was really better. Because if you're a starter, you still got to be out there. And like I know, we, I, I know that there was that one year when I think it was Kershaw only threw like 164 innings or something like that. Yeah, and Kershaw, by the way, completely off this list. He's not anywhere in the top ten. Well, he was really player. bad this past year. Is the problem? It's yeah. just it's kind of stinks. And yeah, 126 versus 240 yeah. innings, so that's 70 and innings. Do you agree with what it had for the top? It was uh, Degrom, Verlander, Cole, Scherzer, and then Hinjin Ryu was five, which I think is pretty much all fair. I always forget how good Hinjin Ryu is. I just forget he. I know. I mean, <laughs> so he, much. Same. I and I'm I am surprised by that. I just. Because he can't, he didn't come out of nowhere either. Is the thing. It's just we all forgot about because he's on the same team as Kershaw and then all those other guys too. But he was their best pitcher this, uh, in twenty nineteen, and he was really yeah. good the year before. And the year before he, really, he was really good. Yeah. He just didn't. Uh, the thing is, he just he's kind of made of glass, and he he finally put it together for a, a, most of a full season twenty nineteen, and was somehow like came in second. Who was Cy Young? Oh, that's right, Jacob Degrom. Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I would put Scherzer higher. Um, living in DC as I do, I'm. Uh, biased i guess even though he's not my favorite he's not on my favorite team but the guy is absolutely incredible it is really I, hard to break that trio up though to ground verlander and cole like to get in there that's really i think if i was going to take one out i would take verlander out and i would put um scherzer in there i i know verlander's been very very good and uh, you know i like him as a pitcher to watch sometimes i think that uh what's his name got hurt from injury so that sucks, but I mean, hey, you, you do what you can. I've been surprised that for, over the last two years he was better than uh, Scherzer, but he has been absolutely electric the last two years too. So. Scherzer's been yeah. so incredible the last two years; it's been truly amazing to watch. He's just such a just a machine, and cool to have in this city with with Steven Strasburg too. It's kind of nice. Yeah, and it's weird too, like with um, with Dusty Baker going to the Astros now. Everybody's talking again about how he, he used to ruin pitchers or whatever. But Max Scherzer was the pitcher that he supposedly ruined, and then by the way, he's still amazing as a 35 year old which is yeah he's been which is I the mean, craziest thing to me that scherzer is still so good at, the, at that age like and he's always been so good his whole career there's never been really a dip at all no his worst season was when he was still young which is what's crazy and then he won a Cy young in 2013 at 28 and then he signed what with the nats when he was 30 he was like that's oh, what a waste of money that is and he's gone on to pitch what a thousand innings with him with a 274 era yeah, yeah, they're one year away from that deal being over, and they might actually make it all the way through with every year him being worth it, which is crazy. No, that that, that is what's because what is he making every year is a thing too. I love to, like 20, this is now a Max Scherzer podcast. Twenty nine million, <laughs> right? Yeah, oh, we're talking about pitches, but he's making almost twenty nine million. Like, well, he made forty two. This, this you know, he made forty two in twenty nineteen. <laughs> well, they they evened it out weird. They, yeah, it's, it's a weird escalator thing. It's kind of backloaded. Yeah, but, yeah, but he's got another average, seventy. 
he got basically seventy million dollars left on the deal, and what he's he's up in what twenty in two years. So if he averages four Six, wins seven, a season, four, he's worth it, right? Right, exactly. And I mean, in twenty, he did that last year when he was healthy in twenty eighteen. Only because he didn't pitch two hundred innings this year, he didn't get five wins above replacement. So, yeah. And then they win another World Series too. So there you go. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. Now I'm going to turn this next part over to you because you have brought this All to right. my attention. It's a really neat idea, which it is. we could also it's tie it into Scherzer since this is a, a right. Max Scherzer podcast now. This might... This would probably benefit him more than anybody else. But uh, back in the 70s, Chuck Finley, who owned the A's, he had an idea. And Charlie Finley. Charlie Finley. Why do you call him Chuck? I guess. Everyone wants to call him Chuck. Chuck I don't know. <laughs> Isn't Chuck Finley, didn't he used to play for the Mavericks? Or am I thinking of somebody else? I think you are, actually. Yes, that's who you're talking about. Yes. Yeah, Chuck Finley. Yeah, Chuck Finley. Okay, <laughs> him and Steve yeah. Nash and Dirk Nowitzki, yeah. No, I don't Chuck know Finley I played for the he played for the Indians. <laughs> what? He was, he was a lefty from the... <laughs> who am I thinking of that played for the Mavericks? Damn, Chuck Finley. You're thinking know. of Michael Finley. Oh, Michael <laughs> Finley. Too many yeah. Finley. Yeah, he paid for the Indians anyway, for two years. Uh, did Charlie did uh, Finley, Chuck so. Finley? <laughs> Tell us about that idea that he had, Merritt. So Charlie Finley was a genius. Uh, he had many great ideas. He wanted to have a uh, glow in the dark or an orange ball for night games. I think. Uh, anyway, he had all these wild, wonderful ideas. He uh, encouraged his team to grow mustaches, and that's why you see so many great mustaches from those night, those early '70s days. And he built what was considered the uh, the final great reserve clause uh, uh, team. They won three super, uh, three t- titles in a row, I believe. Three World Series in a row from 72 to 74. And, you know, it's all the guys you can think of. The Let's see. Uh, that was Reggie Jackson. That was uh, – oh, who had the one? Rolly Fingers was on that team, I think. I'm just pulling up the, the roster right now, the 1972 Oakland Athletics. Yeah, athletics have always had interesting, curious owners going all the way back to Connie Mack. Um, even now we have – Ray Fossey, one of the ugliest men in history, was on that team in 1972. Bert Campanaris, uh, like I said, Reggie Jackson was on that team. Anyway, we can go uh, Vita Blue, Catfish Hunter. Anyway, Vita Blue and also Blue Moon Odom. Anyway, you can cut all this out. Um, he had an idea because his team was going to be absolutely butchered by free agency because uh, he didn't have very much money. And the reserve clause meant that everyone's going to hit free agency. And he tried to sell all his players to make money back so he could rebuild. And the uh, baseball actually said, no, you can't do that. For the good of the game. So he lost his whole team, and then they went from winning, let's see, 90 games in 98. And then between between 1974, they went from winning 90 games in a World Series to winning 63 games in 1977. And they didn't win more than 77 until 1987. Uh, anyway, this is all a long way of saying he had the idea that all contracts should be one year. There should be no... There should be, free agency should be every single year for every single player, and uh, there should be no rookie wages, 
uh, anything. Just if you're a baseball player, just an absolute free for all every single off season. And I mean, we remember the, you know, those of us who paid attention to sports remember the absolute like psychosis that just sur- surrounds most NBA off seasons in particular. Uh, but that's all also weighted by a certain level. Of, or I think back to like the 2010 off season, you know, uh, with, with the NBA or whenever a whole bunch of what the big free agents hit. Imagine that happening every single goddamn year. I just, it's a wild thing to consider. Yes, exactly. Like, especially now, like the amount of money that isn't like assuming, like if we were to assume that revenues would maintain the same, right? And every single team, even the poorest ones are worth almost a billion dollars. And they're pulling in, what, $11 billion a year across the league. And you have guys making, you know, sign what a half a billion dollar contract or something like that what if that was every single year would it's an interesting to think because would mike trout actually sign 60 million dollar deals would uh what's his name would trevor bauer get his dream of just signing 30 million dollar deals every year you know i mean there's 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 massive holes here you know like if you blow your knee out you're kind of effed for at least the next year that was kind Uh, of the ironic thing is that players they didn't want it for that reason, but also owners thought he was nuts <laughs> and they didn't listen to him. And if they would have, it, it probably comes out to benefit owners way more than it does players because of the injuries, because players like you can just suppress stuff so much easier when you're doing a contract every single year, it would have, it was a disaster for the players. It probably would have been gone by now if they did it, but the owners, because probably because of the glowing ball, I think he had neon jerseys was another thing he wanted, <laughs> but all this crazy stuff he did, the owners just did not take, take him seriously. And he probably, would have saved them a bunch of money. So it was kind of an ironic twist that it was the owners who didn't want this more than anybody. I mean, again, one of the great owners in the history. And you know, he, uh, I mean, in terms of, you know, being a weirdo, he apparently was just some, <laughs> which is how insur- we measure everything is just being, yeah, a weirdo well, you know, I mean, apparently he was just some insurance executive who knew a lot about baseball. Cause he was not just the owner. He was also the general manager. Uh, he just did whatever he wanted. I don't know what it is about Oakland having, having insane owners of their NBA, of, of their professional sports teams. Rather. It's really great though. But it's interesting to just look at it and think because, you know, first of all, I think that the the high-end guys would still make a ton of money. Like, I, st- I think they would make more money, if anything, because, you know, we've talked about this in the past. Like, why don't the Indians sign X for just a year or two or whatever? Because uh, then you're you're out and you're free to go if, and there's no risk. You know, get, drop a bomb on them, basically. I, I think I wrote an article about that, like, last year or something like that or two years ago. But I don't think players would want to do it, though. I don't. I think they no, would. I, think I agree like with the long term stuff. I think if right. maybe it was a, it would have been a novelty at first because he had to reserve clause so long, and it was like, yeah, I mean, go whatever, do whatever you want. But like going year to year and never being certain, like I don't think anybody would like that. <laughs> like it wouldn't be like, good for players. I, it wouldn't be good for teams. Either have fans following teams, right? You're gonna have you, a random you, assortment every year. You'd very much have fans as fans of players. You know what I mean? Like kind of like how right. you do in the NBA. Where, uh, especially nowadays, the player has become larger than the franchise that they play for. But also, it, w- it would create an interesting kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Dynamic? Dyna- I mean, the word is dynamic. It's a very vague one, though. Because <laughs> you'd have these incredibly rich guys. But I think the the mediocre guy, I, I, I can't decide if you would have some sort of weird race, you know, for like those two to four win guys. Like, like the, those, those pretty good guys that like... Like you mentioned Xander Bogart before. Okay, so you don't get stuck with all the lower level guys like that. Right, exactly. Would those guys see their their salaries actually buoyed more than you'd think? You know what I mean? Like, or would similarly would like um, first of all, what that would this do to pitching? You know, uh, I remember I think Kyle Body was tweeting about this like two years ago uh, when uh, 
you Darvish was a was a free agent. Like he was like you he should just sign for like a team for you know forty five million dollars for one year and just go and throw two hundred and eighty innings or whatever. You know, basically do what CC Sabathia did when he was with the uh Brewers, but for an entire season. I, I think you'd see a lot more of that, but also I think you'd see a lot like big bonds being dropped on huge like uh bullpen arms. Yeah, that's the that's what I was thinking too, is that relievers would be probably the most benefit from this, especially now because nobody trusts them over multiple years. It's like Craig Kimbrell would be getting a ton every single year before he like nobody wanted to pay him for several years. They would have just done it every year. And then like, cause like, you're not going to get any big relievers getting multi-year deals anymore. That's completely done. Cause nobody needs that many because they can just cycle through so many as the Indians have done for so long. Like, I don't think you're going to see relievers making a ton of money. And if they had to do a year and you only had so many relievers and you had to get the good ones, I think they more than anybody would benefit from it, but I don't think anybody else would. <laughs> I don't think anybody that's- would like it. By that same token, you, and you bring this up by the Indians, you know, their, their ability to find, you know, these Jeff Manships or Dan Oteros of the world who just have this one absolutely absurd year. And like, if you did that, then yeah, you, maybe in this theoretical world of the single year contracts, you could cash in on that. But because as a writer on the website I used to write for would often point out, re- relievers by their very nature are incredibly fickle because of the ebbs and flows of the thing and the small sample sizes and things like that. Would they actually get that much money? You know what I mean? Like, would there, would there be a... Would there be a sort of natural suppression of it because no one would be like, oh, I don't know if he'll be as good next year. Like we all want it, it. We all want the next Mariana Rivera who pitched for 15 teams in 15 different years because we they come and throwing more and more money at him because he was good every single year. And you know, by the end of his his, his theoretical career, he was making 65 million dollars a year. But like you mentioned, Craig Kimbrell or again Jeff Manship, yeah, he has that one great year where he's a workhorse, but then the next year he's not as good. Or Dan Otero, you know, he was had a one sixty ERA or something like that one year, and then I think over the next few years it combined like six and a half. I don't know. It's it's interesting to think about what that would do to the economics of the game. The the, the two articles that we both read theorize that it would it would massively suppress salaries, and there's definitely that kind of lower round rung guy that would that would be pushed out. But I don't know. I, I was just thinking about um, you know the. Remember in 2015 or something like that? I was trying to draw a parallel to this when, again, in the NBA, they had that massive cap spike all of a sudden. And you just had people throwing money at, like, Timothy Mozgov and stuff like that. You just had guys, like, incredibly mediocre players getting huge amounts of money. And didn't they make because, a rule just to be able to dump them off later on? Yeah, yeah, they had the whole amnesty rule because everyone was <laughs> right. stupid. It was it was really, it was a hilarious rule because it's like, our owners are dumb. We did, we did a dummy. So uh, I guess you wouldn't have to do that, but... I don't know. The NBA does have that problem over and over where you have guys who are like quote unquote max players, but they're not actually that good of it. You know what I mean? Like we have to give him this much money. Why do we have to give him this much? Because otherwise someone else will. And you're like, what's going on here? This entire league's run by morons. (laughs) I wonder if it would, it would end like, I don't don't want a salary cap ever, but I wonder if this would be a good example of a place where there should be a salary cap. You know what I mean? Because I like the idea of of a league. Yeah, right. Because yeah. because otherwise you would have just every four or five years when the, when the New York fan base is getting really antsy, they just drop a billion dollars and then they go and win a World Series and then they just kind of go back to investing. Yeah, that in would year be a good point. Like if a team just decides one year, you know what, we're going to win the World Series this year. They can yeah. just go buy everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that is because you you don't just need to get just Garrett Cole. You get all these guys, and next year it's all set free. You could just rebuild for like the next three years and pay basically nothing. But there's no. But the thing is, there's no. Re, that, that's the thing. There's no rebuilding. There's nothing to build. You're, well, I'm saying you you just make more money. Like you spend more money than you probably want to that one year, and then you just yeah. cycle down for a couple of years. Right. And I wonder just what would it, like. Well, that would be a really weird league because there'd be no farm because farm doesn't make any sense. 
Yeah. Right. Why would you have a farm system? Would farm systems be entirely independent at that point? Would there be more money in the farm leagues? I don't know. I think it almost be like a barrier. Like you get the AAA, you reach a certain age, and then you're a free agent in the major leagues. Because like, yeah. So and that's what I'm saying. Does it make no sense to draft and develop? So right. they're gone after a year. Right, exactly. And like my dad had the point that you'd like everyone would be on a quote unquote contract year over year, so you'd get higher quality baseball. But if there's no development and no team has any reason to invest in development, what would happen? Would it would the quality of the game go down? <laughs> Maybe. So I think it would have just stayed the same because I think it's the way it was a long time ago. Like well, it was, be... but the same. But but it was it was the reverse though because with with the reserve clause, you did only sign one year contracts, but then you just couldn't. Signed with him in the next year, you had like a basically like well, a non compete clause for all, of, all of baseball. But I'm saying they wouldn't have advanced development to the point that they did, like if they didn't correct. need to. Yeah, <laughs> like right. if they just did the one year deals, nobody would care. You just get the players you get, sign the best ones, that's it. Because it'd be because you wouldn't even develop them over the year because who cares? They're going to be gone after the season. So I've been reading this like history of the Indians up until 1954. And I'm only in the first like 25 years, but you know how many times the teams just folded? Like it's, there was a team in Cleveland, and then it closed, it just Wild. shut down. And I wonder if that would just happen a lot. You know what I mean? Like a new guy would come in with a bunch of money, like I want to run a baseball team, and it's just like, <laughs> boom, I got a bunch of players. Hey, here's an empty stadium that's been here for three years. Let's use it. I'm out. <laughs> All right, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm not doing it anymore. Oh, can you do that? Yep, I have no reason not to. The Cleveland Spiders—they sent everybody to St. Louis, and they were done. <laughs> exactly, and that, that's that, that. Before them, the Cleveland Forest Cities—they did the same exact thing. They existed for two or three years, and just, we're done now. So it's just, yeah, <laughs> that they happened fun. all the time across fun. baseball. There would just be it would be utter chaos, utter chaos. It, things would cave in. Like <laughs> by year six, uh, City Field would be a smoking ruin because all the angry Mets fans. <laughs> And all these random players that nobody knows just coming in. And mm-hmm. out. Who the hell is that guy? Yeah, and then just one, so many stars in the Scrubs teams. My God. <laughs> and that's, see, that's why I think there'd be a run on those kind of mid-level guys because you could just build a team where everyone else is going, you know, spend a lot of money on a couple of stars, but then you got a bunch of shit. Yeah. Some, someone's being smart and spend the money, right? And you, and you figure out a way to money ball it your own way. Think hey, about man, it. We say we, we answer some questions now. Uh, All right. Every Sunday, although today Monday because we were late because there was a it's big still game Sunday. Shut up! I wonder who will it. win the big game. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to guess the Chiefs 31 to 20. That's my oh fuck that team! I hate uh, them. I hope they never win. <laughs> uh, we always ask you on Twitter and Facebook for your questions, and then we answer them because because why not? Especially in the off season, something to talk about. Um, so Chris L on Facebook he asked, "Do you expect Reyes to play more than 50 games in the outfield this season?" And my answer for this is no, because I think. Um, I think the whole idea of trying race in the outfield is a farce. I think if they were going to, they would have done it last year. It's just another cover to not sign an outfielder because they can say, we're trying it. We're going to see how well he plays in the outfield, but they're not oh, going God. to. It's embarrassing. <laughs> Although um, apparently he's came in and there was a best shape of his life tweet. I think it was TJ yep. Zippy. He lost um, 38 pounds and then put it all back out of muscle. Yeah, all right. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, you're a DH. It's, so, you're not going to be an outfielder. They would have done it last year. So what are we looking at right now in terms of left fielders? Lupolo Mercado, Allen, Bowers, the Shields. And Reyes? No, I don't think he was going to play more Daniel than fifty Johnson. games. I think. Oh yeah, Daniel Johnson too. But but like he's not listed. I mean, I'm just looking at the depth chart oh, okay. on the on the thing. Uh, no, Lupo will, will will platoon. Our Mercado will play almost every day. Allen, I guess you could platoon him with Luplo, I suppose. Yeah, and Bowers I don't know if the play somewhere, is... and he's probably a better outfielder than. Yeah, Bowers is is probably the second best outfielder on the team right now. Uh, probably the, uh, one of the two. <laughs> right, so I know sad. it's it's a little embarrassing to say things like this, but <laughs> also it's true. Uh, no, I don't think there's any room for him to. 
I mean, these fucking guys only hit lefties. Bullshit. <laughs> Somebody hit a lefty, damn it. Just one of you. Well, that's the thing. Delano DeShields has like okay splits against lefties. He has a 791 OPS against lefties. So that's something. Uh, you combine him with Luplo against what, righties? Or no, he also hits lefties. Shit. Someone hit a left or oh, this is terrible. Yeah, lefty. You just switch hitter. Bring Jason Kittness back. He can play center field and he'll be good. Can we just not say those words, please? <laughs> so no, I don't think he will because it'd be a train wreck. And yeah. if nothing else, we'll just have to go with run prevention or whatever. Because the infield will produce a lot of runs. Yeah. I mean, we're jumping to the conclusion Ramirez will be fine. Lindor is him. Uh, Cesar Hernandez is a top pin second baseman. <laughs> uh, and Carlos Santana. Turf. Yeah, Scorched exactly. Wasteland, but whatever. You got some good outfielders and you got pitchers. I, mean, I think Mercado will be good. I think he'll be a, a solid, um, yeah. you know. And Lupo is going to be good for half a platoon. <laughs> That's about it. Yeah. That's I mean, your I th- who knows? Maybe he'll learn how to hit the other hit the other side of the plate. Yeah. I got to look at um, the splits now. God, he kills lefties. We need someone to hit a righty around here. This is stupid. What a stupid team this is. <laughs> so thanks for that question, Chris. Um, our next one is that Clee Owl Bears. Uh, who asked Cliff Lee, CeCe, or Kluber, who was the most dominant modern Cleveland Cy Young winner? If we're taking into their account just in Cleveland for their whole Cleveland uh, career, it's, it's Kluber by like a mile. <laughs> yeah. He had the oh, highest yeah. one, oh, no. 34.5. His ERA was the lowest, 3.15. Uh, I Cliff think he's Lee, at like, worst. Yeah. Cliff Lee was good for a year. Yeah. That's, he had the one year. He was he was really slow burn to get there, and then he was super good, and then he left. He was traded. Um, Sabathia, he was good for a while. He started super young, and then he was traded when he got good. So it was just nice that we actually got Kluber's good years, and we probably got into his twilight a little bit before he starts to decline. So, um, I mean, it's Corey Kluber, Kluber is the. Let me just make sure I'm saying this correctly. Yes, Corey Kluber is probably the third best pitcher in Indians history. Grumpy old man, yep. happy guy <laughs> from Iowa. Early Which win was also very good. What's that? Sam McDowell is a grumpy old man. Okay, yeah, I figured. <laughs> so, I mean, I'd say he's at worst. I don't know who the fuck Terry Turner is. Who are these guys? He played in like 1904 or some shit like that. Yeah, exactly. He did actually play, start in 1904. Right? Yeah. yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's it's Feller McDowell Kluber. Uh, well, early win, too. I mean, he's in there, too. Great name, anyway. And I mean, I would put, he didn't win a Cy Young, but I put Carrasco above uh, Cliff Lee. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would too. And if we're talking just Indians uh, tenure, I mean, Cliff yeah. Lee was so good once he left the Indians. I, yeah. Which I would great. say he was probably awesome, better than man. what's that? I said it's great. So happy for him. I think if yeah, <laughs> if you include that one year, you're talking about a two way. Actually, honestly, that's a how many years is that? 2008 to 2013, a 289 ERA, 140 ERA plus. Does that really stack up that well against Corey Kluber's time with the Indians? Are you talking Lee or Sabathia? No, Cliff Lee. Yes, Sabathia. Not okay. I was so say. <laughs> so um, Lee. I mean, Sabathia's pretty close to Kluber. He's not that far behind. Lee's best years came out to a 140 ERA plus. Um, Kluber's came out to a 143. I don't know. I mean, I'd say those guys are a push, but I'd say Corey Kluber is the best. He's still probably the worst of fourth best pitcher in Indians history. And I mean, I'll include early win on that because he did pitch in the 50s too. So that's fine. Yeah, he wasn't dominant with, but yeah. They also asked on, um, I feel like I'm missing a call. Oh, there it is. But I asked on Facebook for questions on the top. Never mind. I, I didn't pick any of them because we already talked about it. But like the top five questions were all just basically fuck Paul Dolan in various different ways. Like, why Question, cheap fuck Paul Dolan? Yes, probably. <laughs> so there's a general consensus of how everybody feels right about now. Which, fair or not, nobody's very happy with India's ownership. Um, 
Well, if everyone wants to write in and have me just next time read the backs of cards from 1989, I can do that. <laughs> I have a Tony Gwynn right here. He was really good in 1988. Uh, at on Twitter. He wants... Which one was I going to do? Oh, we were going to say, setting aside payroll considerations. Wouldn't a trade for bets make a ton of sense? The return for Sox get, may ultimately show otherwise, but it seems like bets' value for one year and Marte's for two are at least comparable. Yes, 100%. What do you think? No, that makes it, it's a great idea. No, I've... I've always been in favor of using the time we have now to take advantage of the talent that's on the team. That's 100% a great idea. I love that idea. Who gives a shit about what's in the, in the farm system? I don't. They could all be garbage for all I know. They could be all be bad. They could be another series of Jake Bowers's. I mean, fuck it. Who cares? Are you kidding me? I don't know. Fuck. I mean, I'm all for spending money and just buy a free agent. But I, I, no, I that, like the idea that, that the Indians are yes. at least not doing deep tanks because that's what they'd have to do if they deal everybody away. I guess it doesn't matter if you win a World Series, but if they come really close again and then they have to, they have no farm system and you had bets for a year, that looks really bad. I yeah, guess but then you have, would have had bets for a year, though. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> I think so. at least this year it makes more sense than other years. I think he moves the needle a lot more than like Bryce Harper would have last year, the year before, all these other guys. But I still, I don't know. I'm always in favor of spending money, but but the, the one admiral thing the Indians do is they don't want to go into a deep tank. So I like that they keep their farm system going and pumping, but... It also depends on what they get for bets, because I don't think the trade market for one-year players is going to be there as much anymore. So maybe it would just be like Nolan Jones or something else, in which case, yes, <laughs> immediately. Slam the trade I don't market. know. I saw one proposal today that was like Verdugo, and then some guy whose name didn't look like a real man's name. Dustin Jeter? Yeah, like that's Jeter. the one, actually. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's not a man. What's going on here? <laughs> You're not real. Yeah. It's, so, so that's a pretty I mean, hefty offer, and I wouldn't want to... Sure it is that really but like i don't know what it would look like you, you might have to move like I, I don't know you know you empty the top five of the, of the farm system is it really even that good i don't know well, the problem is I'm the farm system is also far away so i don't know how much the red Sox would want that um like oh, all, right, most of the yeah. good indians farm system is like double a or below so i guess i don't know uh, but thanks for the question and then we got to spend more money on on free agents that's my theory <laughs> they should yeah that's wouldn't that solve all these problems Merritt? don't have to deal with all your you sons of bitches those, it would have been nice if they signed the Josh Donaldson, that would have been a good one, yeah. huh? What do you think of that? Yeah, that worked out really well. Uh, at Slang EUG, he asked, what? with the Indians scaling back to payroll again outside of the Kansas City Royals, when was the last time a team <laughs> with a payroll significantly below league average won the World Series and or in the modern era? Have there been any? <laughs> it's basically, we are the Royals at this point, is what the, the Indians are. All right, are, so but... who's won the World Series in the last 25 years? Yeah, World so the, the problem is like um, opening day payrolls don't go back super far but i did look it up so do you want to guess before even googling so, i'm just looking at a list of champions from the last 25 years just to kind of get you a see the quick name, idea you're realize which one it is real quickly so not the royals not the phillies they're spending all that fucking money not the cardinals they don't oh yeah of course okay yeah right so yeah <laughs> yeah the Marlins. All right. yeah. and also in 97 which i couldn't find opening day contracts for them but i'm pretty sure they were probably one of the lowest because that wasn't when their expansion team i think too yeah they were they were, they were, they were very cheap well that, there was a lot actually no that one actually could have been a little bit expensive because because i still remember reading an article about how and... that exactly that that team was the um the pinnacle of the three worst things about baseball at the, <laughs> at the moment which was free agency <laughs> Uh, expansion and then a third thing. I don't remember what, what that one was, but it was just like, like you look at who's on this team and it's not guys who came up with that team or anything like that. Uh, yeah. It's definitely well, a lot. Like, they didn't exist. <laughs> like for instance, right. Like for instance, Gary Sheffield's on that team. So yeah, uh, that's yeah. It was yeah so I guess 2003. 
one kind of surprising one, just going strictly, it's not significant below league average, but below league average, the Astros in 2017, which is oh, sure. tells you how you get in below average is by tanking right. and cheating. That, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, how you by, do it without by, spending money. But, but we're looking at literally four, the. Uh, I'm surprised the Cubs were so high, were above league average. But that, that said, I mean they were spending a lot of money. Hayward, right? right, Hayward, and then also the the Lester deal as well. Whatever, all their other stars were making dick, you know. Yeah, the Astros were just purely tank and then re-sign their guys pretty much. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, they had Verlander at that point too, which that was just a contract they brought over at the deadline. But, but yeah, either either pay money or be the Marlins or cheat. Those are your options to win a World Series at this point. Why can't the Marlins just do all three? Wouldn't that be fun? And they just become a dominant <laughs> team for like five years and then they get everything stripped Puig away. I just take off. That'd be my dream. Yes, I want to see them come out of it. nowhere with Puig leading the charge. I don't you know, know any other Marlins players, which is probably bad. I want I want to see a World Series game being Name played. Name a Marlins player right now. You think you're a baseball fan, Merritt? Name all the Marlins. D. Gordon. Uh, That's right. He's not on the Mariners anymore. No. Um, there was a guy playing second base who I thought was pretty good when I was down there last year. And bingo um, was oh, Starlin Castro? Is he on that team still? <laughs> yeah. uh, I got to look at their roster now. <laughs> All right, yeah. Uh, Miguel Rojas? That's right. Yeah, yeah okay. Oh, no, he retired. There, Let's see. There was some Twitter kind of, It might have been um, Suspended Family Barbecue. was like tweeting it was either... It was like Senators or Marlins players. <laughs> Garrett like Cooper. Harold Ramirez. That's a pretty good <laughs> one. These are just like draft choices in a randomly generated year of MLB 2K, like in 2035. All right, Matt, how many how many hitters did they have with with a higher than 100 OPS plus in 20 last year? Yeah, I mean, I can't. I don't know. They're four, three, four. I'm gonna go four. Let's see. That's a lot. That's like half a lot. In terms of qualified hitters, we'll just go with qualified hitters. Okay. Two. How many? Now, how many pitchers do they have with ERA plus over 100? Oh, zero. Interesting. Oh, four actually. What? They had a good pitching staff? Jarlin Garcia, a reliever, sure. it looks like. Uh, Tyler Kinney looks like yeah, a reliever. And then Sandy Alcantara, who was a starter. He's 32 good. games started, actually. 388 year. He wasn't, he wasn't too bad. He's good. Not a lot of strikeouts. Yeah. See, that's, I think we talked about this before. It's like, that's also one of the things I like about baseball is that you can be in your own little silo sometimes. Like, there are these teams that like exist on faraway lands to me that I don't even know anything about, like the Marlins. But like in football, because everybody plays once a week, you, you sort of just learn everybody anyway. But like you have your farm systems, you have your own team you focus on. And it's kind of fun that like the Marlins can come into town with any of those players you named that I already forgot that aren't Starling Castro. <laughs> and you get to learn all these new players. kind of neat. That Listen, I was there for two games last May and it was just a whole lot of me going, who the fuck? <laughs> or the, the what? <laughs> it's funny. You can go to a uh, baseball reference and look at their top 12 pay, uh, players' uh, headshots and kind of blur your eyes. A little bit, and they all do look like <laughs> randomly generated people. It's great. <laughs> it's fantastic. On that note, Merritt, I was going to do it for us this week. If, if you're listening now, if you made it this far, and if you haven't, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'll read. If we get any new ones at the front, we'll read them in front of the podcast. Mm-hmm. I think our last couple was somebody like driving. Another person was mad at you. Somebody else said it was too long. So good, doing great. Good. I made more <laughs> outlandish statements, and it wasn't too long. So we're one for two, I guess. <laughs> there we go. We're going. <laughs> but it was... If you listen now, just leave us a review. It helps it helps people find us on iTunes. And uh, until then, talk to you next week, man. See you.